Welcome to the latest edition of the Progress with Unity podcast. Hot on the heels of a home victory over Cambridge United. It's myself, Charlie, Paul and Adam this fine Sunday. How are we all doing? Very well after yesterday. Fabulous day yesterday. Started off with a visit to the new fan zone. I went down quite early with a bit of Northern Soul playing. There was a, a beer buzz, a few lamborettas, a climbing wall, face painting. It was quite good. It was buzzing. Yeah, there were quite a lot of people doing the picture quizzes, some uh, legends of the game on there. Yeah, there seemed to be a really good atmosphere. People were uh, enjoying themselves, kids, you know, they're doing the penalty shootouts. Decent weather. Good to see the players coming in. I was wondering where they were coming in from. But it did add to the atmosphere a bit because they were kind of walking in. And instead of them kind of walking through a tunnel, they were actually walking through the fans. So lots of people getting pictures and having a chat uh, Ports Club was good as well Gregory Yacht came in before the game I thought it was fabulous and it was great to see right let's crack on with, with this today's game we're going to Athletic 2 Cambridge United 1 with 57% possession 6 attempts with with 3 on target that 50% ratio still were with us hitting the target Cambridge had 3 on target from 18 attempts corners we 3 to their 2 Fouls, we committed 15, Cambridge committed 10. New feature on this week's statistics, attacking passes. We made 164 attacking passes, Cambridge made 173. Pass completion, 87% for the Latics, Cambridge is 85%. We picked up three yellows, Watts, Adiko and Rekic. The attendance was 10,078 with 473 away fans. Attacking passes, what does it mean? progressive style passing which a lot of people said that Max Power wasn't really doing last year but he was he's constantly trying to get the ball but ball forward and I think that's where Matt Smith as well is, is quite big on that and there was a there was a pass yesterday that he got close to the edge of the area and Omar Rekic was the only one in space and Matt Smith <laughs> didn't pass to him he keeps trying to do the little dink balls over which when they work they work really well but now that one didn't come off yesterday but we are we are trying to get the ball forward and Charlie Hughes is big on that. I don't know if a long ball counts as an attacking pass, but I assume it does. But I think it's got to go past a certain amount of yardage, I think. There's another stat as well, isn't there? I think it's key passes, isn't it? I think they're passes that create chances, aren't they? So I suppose attacking passes are good, but they don't necessarily have to lead to a shot on goal, do they? It's just forward thinking. Cambridge have done us, haven't they, on, on that? But their shooting was terrible. They didn't play that extra pass, you know, to put someone in in a better position. They were shooting from distance and hardly hit the target, did they? Latics 2, Cambridge 1. That does the job, doesn't it? All these other numbers are just there for putting into computer games, I think. You mentioned the other goals. 57 minutes and 62 for us, Umfries and Asgard. And Cambridge scored those via a penalty on 76 minutes. Was it a penalty? For me... Nailed on. That was definitely a penalty. Yeah, you're not going to argue, I don't think. Chances, first half, Charlie White put through. I was screaming off... Well, I weren't screaming offside. I was chuckling <laughs> to myself, he's offside here. <laughs> but I tell you what, I've watched it back on the replay. I'm not too sure. I, it, it's one of them, it's very, very, very close. So thanks to that line or for giving us the benefit of the doubt. That's all I can say. Because <laughs> probably 9 out of 10 would have flagged her. I was out my seat when it was going through and I thought, this is in the back of the net. But the goalkeeper did well to narrow the angle down. But I still thought it were going in. So I, I wouldn't criticise Charlie White too much for that at all. But his second big chance, I mean, is a fantastic build-up of play down our right-hand side. And- well, it was a deco that started it, probably with the attacking pass that, because he put it through to Asgard. 
he put it out to Sean Clare and it was Sean Clare's ball in that, that White got on the end of. If he'd have managed to direct that either six inches to the left or six inches to the right, it was in the back of the net, weren't it? Yeah, and then it, I think it bounced off a defender and nearly looped over, but the keeper managed to get it. Yeah, like you say, it was a good save for keeper both times. Knew more about the second than the first, but yeah. Still, you've got to get yourself there and be in the way, haven't you? And then I thought Cambridge perhaps should have scored right at the end of the first half. A free header, which the, the I don't know who the player will, but can try to uh, knock it over the bar, going back across goal. And I think all you need was to get it on target. What do we think of uh, our two debutants? You say? I, know, I know one of them was a returning debutant, Omar Rekic. I'll say it, he's class. And I was very pleased with Martial Godot. I thought he was very good. My take on yesterday was that, you know, we were, we were being patient. We had to be. Once you've got that belief that you can afford to be patient and you are going to break them down and you are going to score at some point, and if you don't, the subs are going to come on and score, that makes us a very dangerous dangerous prospect in this division for me. I thought we were, we were good yesterday. I was just going to say on the, um, obviously, Recky, we know what he like, he's like and what he brings to the team. And interesting as well, Pierce wasn't in the squad. Uh, it was He had a bit of illness that had spread around the camp. Uh, same with Lange, he, he wasn't 100% fit, so they certainly weren't dropped. But what I did like about Godot is that turn of pace that he has. I like players who are quite raw, you know, they don't, in a way, they don't 100% know what they're doing themselves at times because it's so early in the career, but they have got real talent. And I think if you listen to Sean Maloney's interview after the game, I know there's a, I always put a quote in for later, a little tester for you there. He said Marco Silva was very keen to get him here on loan, which is good in the sense Session came here. So he obviously looks at Wigan and thinks they're a side that are going to look after him. But also, I think he realises at this stage that he now needs to play first-team football. I didn't realise it was his first-team debut yesterday. And if you look at that goal in the second half, that just reminded me so much of the second half of the Coldwell season where he did tricks in the box, burst the pace, played it in, and rather than it being Will Grigg on a Yannick, it was a Teloazgaard on a Godot. I, I, I just was impressed with him in the spells he had the ball. He did drift out of the game a bit, unlike... I mean, Humphreys, for me, is a more in-the-game type of wide player, whereas, if you like, Gordo is your kind of ace, really, up your sleeve that that can do something in circumstances when it's a tight game. And I like that balance, and I like the fact we could change the four attacking players as well in the game. There was quite a bit of switching going on, wasn't it, between uh, Godot, Humphreys and Asgard? Not just swapping sides and Asgard staying in the middle. There was times when Asgard went out wide and the others went in the middle. And um, that was used as well to like counter Cambridge's block because all season they've been sitting really deep. They've been picking up results when they've only had 30-odd percent possession and they played exactly that way yesterday. So I think it was good that Godot and Humphreys were switching sides. It gave them chances to attack at different fullbacks and then Asgard was trying as well. White's just playing lone front man, but I think Humphreys is much better off on the right, but I didn't think as well that when he was on the left, he still had a few good bits of play. That one, I think it was four or five minutes in, where Hughes pinged the ball forward to Humphreys. He did a one-two with White, and then all of a sudden we, we nearly put it in from uh, across across the box. So it was impressive, and I thought Godot didn't look like it was his senior debut. It looked like he'd been playing for, for quite a while, and 
he's going to be a, a key player this season. We've mentioned the Telavazgar's goal, set up very nicely by Godo, but also a fabulous ball over by Charlie Hughes. But just when we needed the big man to step up, umps, he did do. I mean, what a goal that was, a bit of class. When he hit that, that shot on the right, he is right-footed, he hits it with his left. He cut inside... Two touches, did a step over and a left-footed curl into... Adam's shaking his head. What are you shaking your head at? I'm shaking my head because I think sometimes we, we can actually say in the professional world, it's very rare. I mean, look at Di Maria, the most one-footed player ever, 80 million. But I actually think Stephen Humphries is two-footed. I'm just thinking about the way he plays because um, he took those goals, I think, against Bolton. Well, with his right, I think. I think the Rotherham goal he scored a couple of years ago with his left. Yesterday, he scored with his left. Uh, the previous home game, I think against Barnsley, he had attempts on his left. But, yeah, he also has that fantastic shot on his right. So, I struggle to really say that he's got a stronger foot. I think he's good with both. Very good with both. Probably more so than any other player in our team, I think. In yeah, I don't think he's afraid. He's not afraid to use either foot, is he? You know, when when the opportunity arises, he'll have a go with either foot. But I mean, it was a class goal, weren't it? A really class goal. Lovely bend on it, and it's just what we needed—that little bit of injection of, of something to 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 set the game alight. And then yeah. when we got got our second within within five minutes, you thought, "Hey, up! This is going to end up three or four here," because they they seemed a little bit at sea, Cambridge, didn't they? But I mean, for the player to them, are, are they galvanised? I mean, you made a couple of changes straight away, Bonner, and they galvanised and, and, and got the got themselves back into the game. That last 10 minutes after that, well, it was 15 minutes after the penalty, there was a little bit of anxiousness around the ground with the way we were defending. But to be honest, I, I still felt, I felt comfortable. I didn't think they'd, they'd score. I mean, they could have done, obviously, they could have scored, but... I, I felt quite comfortable. I was anxious because I I thought we should have been out of sight. And, and what would have scared me yesterday, if we if we hadn't picked three points, having been, for me, much the better side, that affects teams mentally. And, and I think you've got to build that mental strength. And, and I think once we've got that mental strength, like I say, we, we're heading to being a formidable force in this division, despite the minus eight. Um, so yeah, it was very good to get over the line for me, but I was one of the ones that was nervous. Yeah, take Claire out of that team. Out of that team, though, you look at you look at the um, goalkeeper, you look at the two centre halves, you look at both players who played left back in the game. You know, the you're looking at age there, and there isn't that much sort of in the way of experience you know Watts has played quite a few um, Hughes now is getting the wrecking the same but there isn't a lot of experience and I think that if you can get through these moments put your body on the line which I think a lot of it was even Sean Maloney said the first uh, the final five minutes he was very impressed with how stubborn we were putting the blocks in and I think the more we get through those periods, the more confidence they get. I think it's better to learn, learn when you're actually accomplishing what you're trying to do, which is keep the ball out. I think in football, it's not necessarily one of those where you necessarily 
again from conceding that late equaliser because as we know very well, four or five years ago, as soon as we started conceding a couple of late goals, it just spread around the team and that was a more experienced team on the Paul Cook. So I think the fact that we haven't been doing that, obviously Blackpool was an exception, but we didn't really deserve anything there. But I think I think one of the other games as well, was it, was it possibly Northampton? Where I think in the final few minutes there, we're putting a few balls in the box, even Carlisle in that game. So I think it's really testimony to them that, as young players, that they're doing everything they possibly can, putting the bodies on the line to keep that ball out of the net. So I think very good yesterday for all round. Um, I, I, I think I said on the man of the match, I struggle. It, it was a, kind of a seven out of ten game, and Humphreys might have won it with an eight. I don't know. He's, uh, we, we won't give that away as yet. There's a massive difference at the back yesterday, and it was Charlie Hughes being back in there. I think we. Against Barnsley, we definitely missed him, when, obviously because he got sent off and we were down to 10 men. Against Blackpool, we missed his organisation. But not only that, we missed his bringing the ball out from the back and his creativity. All that was back yesterday. But Morrison, I thought, was very, very good in the final moments of yesterday's game as well. So the, both both the centre-backs, uh, I thought, were excellent yesterday. And that's where I had that a little bit of composure in myself thinking we're going to see the game out. And that's what I was meaning. I wasn't, you know, it wasn't any slight on Cambridge or, or being blase about about the uh, the outcome of the game. I just felt that defence, that defending was in us yesterday. And you could see how, how all the players defended, like Maloney said, defended with the lives on that, you know, put the body in the way. I do think as well it was probably Charlie Hughes's most mature performance and whether that came with getting the captain's armband I don't know but I think we we saw how much we missed him during Barnsley and Blackpool and how much it kind of changed our whole setup of the way we played and we saw that just before the first goal before uh, Hughes laid it off to Humphreys is that they were just happy to play across the back Reckick, Morrison and, and Hughes and then eventually Hughes found that space to put it in. And then as soon as we'd rock Cambridge a little bit, Hughes is sending the ball over to get into where Martial Godot could put the ball across to Asgard. But I think the key roles yesterday for Morrison and Hughes is Morrison was there to nullify any kind of play, hold the ball, then was giving it to Hughes where Hughes could then look to be the more ball-playing defender because Morrison completed something like 109 out of 110 passes in the game. And I think the majority were over to, to Charlie Hughes. He tried a couple of long balls, but... The majority were over to Hughes, and I think if you're looking for a leader at the back, even though it's just 19, Charlie Hughes is that. And I saw that the only person younger than him to captain Wigan, I think, was Reese James on his final game. I don't know if he's going to carry the captain's armband more going forward, but I think he definitely deserved it in that game. One thing about the captains yesterday, during that match with three separate captains <laughs> as they came on, not like where your captain goes off. But a captain came on. We started with Charlie Hughes, obviously. Carl Wang comes on, gets the armband passed to him, and then Josh McGuinness came on. Yeah. That in itself must be a little bit of an oddity because we've seen it where the skipper's gone off and they've passed the armband to somebody else. But it was just a little bit, yeah. little bit strange. I don't like that. I don't really like that, to be honest. Um, fair enough if you're coming off, but just just keep the armband. That, on that particular day, He's the team captain, Charlie Hughes. Um, all this changes. Mm. I don't. No, I don't, I don't, I don't, 
the the people coming on outranked the people that were on the pitch. So it's only right that you know if you're the the highest ranking person in terms of the captaincy, you take the armband. I fundamentally disagree. Right, fair enough. Uh, Sean Maloney talked after the game, uh, did his post match interview, uh, and he said quite a bit. Really, I've got quite a lot written down here, but I just wanted to to. I'll not go through it all because we're, we're we're a bit strapped for time. I'll just pull out one or two things. He said, I know it's tough for the fans. Everyone has to stay patient and sometimes we can move it quicker, but it's hard to break these teams down. Now, I didn't hear anything myself yesterday, but I've seen a little bit written on Twitter and there's a bit of rumbling. Now, I just don't get it. I don't get what some supporters are expecting from the team at the moment. Uh, we're a brand new team. We know exactly how Sean Malone is going to play the game. He said it enough times and we're playing it the way he said, that's it. So moaning and groaning about the fact that we're putting five passes across the back and trying to create a bit of space. I mean, everybody's entitled to, to say something, but uh, to be honest, take those points deductions away. We, we'll be in the playoffs, you know. Let's have a bit of reality about this. agree with you, absolutely. Grumblings, it's that atmosphere you tend to get at home. What I didn't like was um, at Blackpool where there were some individual comments about certain players. I just think, you know, that that is completely out of order. But, you know, so I think it's nerves, really. I think some people are so into the game that they feel at certain times that, you know, they do have a right to maybe grumble. But I certainly don't. And everyone around me seems to be really enjoying it this season, seeing all the homegrown players playing. And I think you're just a particular type of fan, aren't you? We've had it all the time, haven't we, over the years, Barry? You, I'm sure you've stood next to people at Springfield Park who'd be grumbling if we were winning 5-0. And I think it's just in their DNA. I'm loving it. I can't. I mean, I'm just so excited about this team and this season. Uh, and I'm loving it, and it's, it's panning out the way I expected. Brilliant. And and talking about young players, uh, let's move on to Tuesday evening. We've got the Not the Pizza Trophy. It's not called the Papa John's anymore. I, I have no idea what it's called, but I'm going to refer to it as Not the Pizza Trophy. Leicester City, uh, under-21s are in town. Now, I've pulled a little bit out here about Leicester City's oh, <laughs> Leicester City's under twenty one. To say to say that the rubbish is a little bit of an understatement, isn't that right, Charlie? Yeah, they've not been doing good, and I think Barry said just before we started recording that they've won something like was it four games since last August or October, something like that. But this season they've they're in the Premier League two uh, tournament and they're in Division One, so they're competing with the likes of Arsenal and Man United and Man City. But they've played four games in that so far this season. 12 goals conceded. They've scored six. Haven't got a clean sheet yet. And their only victory in that came against Derby back on uh, the 14th of August in a 2-1 win. But they also got a red card in that one. But yeah, they haven't been doing too good. They had a couple of 4-1s. I had to double check they weren't managed by Colo Torre, but they're not. They had a couple of 4-1s against Arsenal and Blackburn. Blackburn are down in 18th place and they still got beat by them. Then the most recent Premier League two game was against Norwich. They lost that 3-2 at home and Norwich are in 10. And then recently, most recently in the game, they played Burnley in the Premier League Cup. Burnley are actually in the same under-21 league as our under-21s and we're tied with them on points. So it's a bit of a good reflection on where we might play against Leicester. But they lost that to Burnley 4-3. So they are really struggling. They play with a four at the back, sometimes a 4-3-3, 4-1, 4-1, 4-2, something like that. 
But yeah, they haven't been very good uh, this season. The manager is Ben Pete P-E-T-T-Y, and I've heard it can be a little bit pedantic from what I've heard. <laughs> they've actually they've won uh, four games since last August, so that's a good idea. They've, they've taken a couple of 7-1 seven, seven, thumpings as well in that time, so they're, they're, they're there to be beat. Two pl- standout players, after I, I did a little bit of research, are uh, Armani Richards, who was the next big thing at Arsenal, but he didn't make it, and uh, he, he's been through the Chelsea Academy as well. And JT Mas Wanais, who is a Zimbabwe international uh, attacking midfield player, winger, and, and that was it. And that's your Leicester City. So, recent Premier League two form. They've won win from five games this season. As Charlie said, they beat Derby the first game of the season. Uh, and that was this, only their second win this calendar year. Uh, a run of 20 games, though. And then they've lost against Arsenal, Blackburn, Norwich and Burnley. Right, we'll have a ref watch. The referee will be Scott Simpson, 33-year-old fella from Stoke. This is his first season on the national list, and thus far he's taken charge of six games, four in League Two, one in the EFL Cup, and one in the EFL Trophy. Those six games that he's refed, he's dished out 35 yellow cards and four red cards. So he's got this new set of cards on the list, and he's not scared of using them. He's also given two penalties. So, yeah, he's quite happy to give a decision if he needs to. Um, and that's Scott Simpson, who will referee the visit of Leicester City this coming Tuesday for the under-21s. Obviously, we'll be keeping it quick on the previous. We've not played this side uh, before. We've obviously played the first-team side on uh, five occasions. We only won once, and I think that was the game when we got promoted to the Premier League. Brett Holmrod scored at least one that day. Back to Barry for the uh, predictions. Yeah, biggest thing for me on, on Tuesday is going to be team selection. Um, Sean Maloney says he's going to go with a very strong team because he wants us to go to Wembley. So, yeah, brilliant stuff. If you've got a season ticket, it's free to get in, but you need to get your ticket beforehand. So get yourselves down there and, and get behind the lads. Uh, I'm going for a 4-0 Latics win. Blimey. Uh, knowing nothing about them, knowing nothing about who we're going to select, um, apart from, like you say, it's rumoured to be a strong side. I will halve that and go 2-0 to Latics. I'm going to go with a 3-1. And I hope we see a couple of our under-21 step up and play. Maybe like Joe Adams or Yusuf Chentooth, maybe Josh Stones. I think it'll be a good little introduction around the senior team for them. So, yeah, I'm going to go with a 3-1 to the Wigan. I think we definitely got to give one of our young players a chance. Not played this season. Uh, ben Amos, give him a bit of a gap. I'm going to go for, uh, it's going to be an entity. I think a 4-1, I remember a 4-1 against Middlesbrough in a similar situation a few years ago. So I'm going to go for a 4-1. There's also three League One fixtures on uh, on Tuesday. Uh, yeah, Barnsley, Portsmouth, Peter Richardson and Portville Burton. There we go. It's been fantastic coming into the studio off the back of a win. Uh, Hopefully, we'll be back on Wednesday in the studio off the back of another win. Looking forward to the big trip to Bristol Rovers on Saturday. So, until then, it's a, it's a goodbye from me and up the ticks. Come on. Come on. Let's-